Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another show of I'm Tired of This Shit, the Mindset Podcast, you all. Look, I'm super excited for today's interview, you all. I have yet to do an interview, and I would be remiss if I did not put on the individual who actually helped me come up with this podcast name, you all. Uh, I am super excited to have her. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to learn and for you all to be able to learn from her experience. And hopefully you all can gain some nuggets throughout this conversation just as far as how to apply things in your life. But um, to not waste any more time, you all, let's go ahead and dive in. I want to bring to you all's attention my guest, my friend and my co-worker, Elise Volker. Welcome. What's up with you, Elise? Hey, hi friends, hi coworkers, hi loved ones. Glad to be here today. Um, my name is Elise Volker, as Tim just relayed. I uh, I have a note here to say, going to my personal background, here it is. Um, so I, uh, I am a marketing strategist at Go Brand Go. Tim's my work bestie. And I, uh, I, um, I have a master's degree and a bachelor's degree uh, in marketing from uh, Florida State University, go Knowles. And I, uh, I've been in the field for about four or five years. So uh, that's the, uh, that's the high and low of it. Awesome. Awesome. So going on to your background, just in your education, uh, not specifically dealing with your education, but I know with all education, they're always making us dive into books and having to read about this, take notes about that, yada, yada, yada. While I'm sure you might have enjoyed certain readings and might not have enjoyed many other readings, tell me about the last book that you read and how did that book impact you? Hmm. Well, the last book that I read was probably, I'm going to go with actually the book I'm reading that's nonfiction. I feel like that's more mindset-y. So uh book I'm reading right now is called, um, the big lie and, or battling the big lie. And it's um, not to get too political, but it's about um, media literacy and how, uh, how the right is uh, kind of manipulating the narrative to uh, fit their agenda. And my, uh, my takeaways from it so far, I'm about a third of the way into it. Um, I think that being informed and knowing that you have a fully informed mindset, that fully, that um, critical lens, that, uh, you know, hyper aware mindset of, you know, what forces are pulling at the information you receive is super important. And I'm definitely taking away that uh, it can be used for good and evil for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Now, in regards to being used for good and evil, you plan on using it for good, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Super dope for sharing that. For me, uh, one of the books that I actually am about to start reading um, is uh, How to Be Great. Um, The author name eludes me at this particular time. but it's a book that I, I actually just kind of ran across. Um, I would think I was in what Barnes and Nobles and I was just looking for self-development books. So for me, it's always about self-development or particular skill that I want to reach. I, I want to uh, particularly learn. 
And so looking forward to uh, seeing what that book has to uh, offer. I will keep you posted. But all right. So we're oh, talking cool. about you said what? Something. Um, I bought a workbook that's called like the burnout book or the burnout workbook. Okay. And uh, I've been feeling uh, in this mindset that I'm like, oh, you know, like everything's overwhelming. Like, oh, my gosh, I feel like buried all the time in my work. Like, this is insane. And I uh, so I bought this burnout workbook. And it's like helping me really reframe and put my mindset forward as far as like what coping strategies work, like how you can overcome it, like reframing, like why things are stressful and how you can just like totally tune it out. So that's yeah. been like a mindset game changer. Well, we're going to be diving into that because what I want the audience to really gain is really and from your experiences, you pull from which one, whichever way you want to go. But how you have utilized your mindset, your developed mindset, I mean, I, I know where I was, let's just say, two, three years ago from who I am now. And the way that I respond to situations now are completely different from how I would have responded two years ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that being said, let's just start off by how you actually define mindset. What What is that definition for you in your life at this current time? So I would say it's kind of, hmm, I would say mindset is kind of your assumptions and your perceptions of your reality and how they're filtered through um kind of uh your own set of parameters or your own set of um beliefs so you know if you believe that for instance the like loss versus gain mindset if you believe that like every time you foster a relationship and every time you like have an experience that like when you move away or you ha don't have that relationship anymore, that it's a loss for you, then, you know, you're gaining your whole life. That's your whole reality. You're looking at your whole life in that mindset that, that um, you're losing everything. It can shape your emotions and your future experiences. But then when you go into that gain mindset, like, Oh, I got to know that person. I got to live there. I got to have that experience. Like that set of perceptions and um parameters around your beliefs and the way you perceive things is like it's, it's game changing so definitely so definitely so one i was just thinking as you were saying that of a way to reshape mindset so actually funny enough i was talking about it today i was at starbucks and talking about it today with the manager of starbucks she was like um how are things as being a father and I began to, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what I told her was my mindset on a fa on fatherhood was triggered immediately. But that became a a normality for me because of what I told myself over and over again within mm -hmm. the years leading up to me being a fatherhood have, or being a father having you know, two bad examples, both my father and my stepfather um, at those times, you know, our relationships are completely different now. Um, but, you know, at that time, it helped me to say that's not what I want. And so by saying that consistently, I began to make efforts that my mind began to change itself. So, you know, when I think of that, I want to now bring that into your life. Mm -hmm. What's been a time in your life where maybe your mindset to a situation was not where you wanted it to be, but over time you began to speak life into it. And when that actually came into fruition, where something actually happened that made you have to have the mindset that you needed or what you were speaking into yourself, 
Can you tell me about a time that you you ran into that type of situation? Oh fuck yeah, I can. Um, I uh, so I had uh, my I had an experience in New York working at um an agency uh who I can't name because NDAs are fun and I uh and I. Um, had a terrible experience there, just totally got gaslit, totally uh, got targeted by this narcissist. And, um, you know, I, uh, three months into my, this big expensive move to New York, I'm on the curb. I don't have a job. I got fired. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, what do I do? And, you know, I'm looking at like, oh my God, like, why did I move here? Like, this is so devastating. This is such a loss. Like, oh my God, what do I do? And I was just so terribly depressed and like, um, it just didn't know what to do. I had no confidence. It was just terrible. And I, I like let myself mope for like the 10 days that were like the rest of November. And then I'm like, December 1st, I'm like, all right, something's got to change here. Like I need to get back. I need to get back up. I need to, um, you know, search. I am, I will be good enough. I am good enough. I, uh, I, it's not, woe is me. I moved to New York. Everything's terrible. It's, I live in fucking New York. I'm here. I will get another job. It's going to work out. You know, like it, it will be okay. And I'm here. Like, even though I got fired, I mean, fuck, like I live in New York fucking city. So you're like, I'm going to make it work, you know? And then guess what? Like a month and a half later, guess who had a new job, you know, like that paid more and was more fun. So, you know, I, uh, and then six months after that, here I am talking to Tim at my new job, you know, cause the other one was yeah. contract work for a short period of time. So I, um, definitely had to kick my own ass from going yeah. like everything terrible. Why did I move here to being like, I fucking live here. Let's go. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I like that. And maybe you, uh, listeners, I want you all to listen to this next question because many of us in my beliefs, we get, we can often get stuck and woe is me and as as we've all heard in our life we are our own worst critics and a lot of us allow our criticism on ourselves to continuously hold us back um but the next question i actually have based upon your experience is what Mm -hmm. would the cost have been if you would have stayed in that position where you were mentally down well um my parents actually had to help me pay my rent. And if I hadn't started looking, you know, beginning to middle of December um, for a new job, I mean, it took me until mostly the end of January to get a new job. But if I hadn't started looking, if I hadn't gotten up off the curb and, you know, picked it back up, my parents would only pay, were only going to pay two, two months of me living there. They're going to make me move back home, you know? So at no, I don't want to live in South Florida with my parents who have bad Wi-Fi. Okay, no, no, ma'am, <laughs> sir. You know, so I uh, I knew that's what I was looking at. Moving back home after graduating college, my my master's that year, or um, making it fucking work. So I, yeah. uh, if I hadn't picked myself up and just would have wallowed in it and not had the energy and effort and emotional capacity to apply and kick my own ass into those interviews and yeah. uh, make it work, I would have been living at home. And that would have fucking sucked. So <laughs> You are key. It, it, it key is it just would have sucked. And that's the, <laughs> that's the nice way of saying it. You know, uh, New York, I've never been there per se. Uh, so yeah, yeah. 
I know I've heard of the financial commitments of it being super expensive. Oh yeah, uh, we're talking like base it, nor, most nor, uh, Inwood, basically almost the Bronx, seventeen hundred dollars a month sewage and roach infested apartment, second floor walk up, y'all. Yeah, five hundred square feet. <laughs> I can I I and I believe you, and I have not been there. I mean, I've heard of the the crazy stories, and so you know, you all. There are many people here, like let's just say in St. Louis, this is where we're at. And the the cost of living here versus New York is completely on a different spectrum. I'm And what I mean by that is a lower spectrum. It does not cost nearly as much as what it costs to live in New York. And this so man, man, $100 for a two bedroom, one bath, 1100 square foot house with a backyard, y'all. None of this apartment shit. <laughs> Hey, congratulations, congratulations. So I wanna I wanna pinpoint those that mindset and really bring home you all last episode that um got posted was talking about the cost of success. And if you all remember my my go to quote, which is by Tim S. Grover, was if uh if you think the cost of success is too high, then wait till you receive the bill of regret. And the bill of regret comes from a point of simply us not taking action, understanding that, you know, I I hate to say it, you all, but we all have choices. And no matter what life throws at us, we have a choice on how we respond, whether or not we're going to just wallow in whatever particular state that we're in, or are we going to get our ass up? And actually make an effort to move forward. And here's the thing, you all. So, not, of course, not this episode because it's an interview episode. But next episode, we're going to talk about the popcorn effect. But for at least the popcorn effect, I'm going to give you an overview of the popcorn effect. I learned it. I learned this from a marketing term, but I realized this is like really something that everybody just needs to apply in life about mindset. And so, popcorn. You know, people and I'm going to say I'm going to say all of us at a point of time have a have this idea that life should be zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That that's how steps, how the steps should go. It should just go in sequence. Mm -hmm. But life is rarely that way. Life is more so like a popcorn effect of it's zero, 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 one, two, four, eight. And so forth. And what do I mean by that? Think about it. If you've ever uh, taken a bag of popcorn and put it into the microwave, that popcorn does not immediately just start popping and getting ready. It takes some time. And if you think about it, it probably takes about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, depending on the type of microwave you got before you hear your first pop. Well, looking at that from a mental standpoint and saying, hey, just because you put forth the work it takes to to succeed or complete a particular action or goal that you set out to accomplish does not mean that that first step, those second steps, or even those third steps are going to be what's going to cause those critical moves. But, you know, you might find yourself in a position for a month, maybe even yeah. for a year before you start seeing the true gain and value 
of what it is that you set out to accomplish. And I know we're in this we're in this time in society where everybody wants everything now. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to wait for anything. We just want it right then and now. <laughs> so how do we mentally get ourselves out of that mindset in order for us to progressively move forward in a positive manner? I'm not saying that every each and every time that we have to be out of that mindset, but how and I would be curious of your your uh your input on this. What what do you believe would be the best route for us to recognize that hey, I have this I need it now mentality in this situation, but I have to understand that this might not happen now. And so what can I do to safeguard myself from my own mental uh, sabotaging moments (laughs) that might cause me to give up if it doesn't work in a, in a month or if it doesn't work in six months, how do, how do I overcome that? What, what is your input on that at least? All right. So we're back at this loss and gain mindset. Um, or like, no, the gap and gain mindset. We'll okay. go brand new terminology going on. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, you're talking about how you can be stuck in two, uh, the second stage, for instance, the second step for a year. And then, you know what, maybe your goal is step seven, you know, so, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta sit there. If you look at the fact that like, oh shit, like I'm on step two, I need to take five more steps before I'm ever going to freaking get there. Then you're just going to be miserable. Like, oh my God, I have five steps. That's never going to happen. This is so much work. But if you look back behind you and realize you were at step zero a year ago, I mean, shit, you've already made two steps, you know, and maybe, maybe you'll pop up uh get up to the fourth step but if you you know in the next six months but if you're still like oh i have three steps ahead and you forget that you made four steps already in the last two years then you know you're never nothing's ever going to be good enough for you i mean shit like look at look at my life i was um i was on step five at that job the agency job in new york popped all the way down to zero and then um and then popped up to six making more way more money than I was before at a contract job and then popped to seven making just as much money as I did in New York where the cost of living is a third you know so I'm like I'm like making a little bit of bank like up here for the cost of living so you know it was just like you know if I'm if I if I was sitting there at zero and being like you know I just fell five steps you know instead of like six months later I would be on step six or seven I mean you know it's never going to get any better so yeah um, I like that. I I like that. So tell me how important when we think about these steps and understanding where we are versus where we were and then Mm -hmm. where we're going, how important is realistic goals? Oh yeah. You hit me with the smart goals talk here. Um, so (laughs) I, uh, it's important to have realistic goals. I'll, uh, you know, if you have overzealous goals and you're never, you know, again, you're never going to see how much progress you've made. Your progress is never going to be enough for you. I'll make a, I'll use an example um, about my, uh, my fitness goals. So my ultimate fitness goal uh, in the next year and a half, you know, so would I love to lose, reach my fitness goal in six months? Fuck yeah. Like I want to, I want to, I dead ass want to lose about, um, about 120 pounds. That's a lot. If I said I, if I said I wanted to uh, lose it in six months, that's insane. 
that's not going to happen. You know, like this losing like 20 pounds a month. That's not realistic, you know, but I, uh, but you know, what, what I did was I was like, okay, what tools can I use to put myself in the right headspace and the right, um, place to be doing this? I hired a physical trainer for three sessions. I, uh, what can I do? What can I do? Talk through my goals and what's going to be realistic for me. They thought that I could lose 120 pounds in a year and a half with a consistent, with a consistent goal. I've lost 12 pounds in the last month. That was a realistic goal to be losing, mm-hmm. you know, two pounds, a pound and a half a week, two pounds, you know, so, you know, you, you do it for 52 weeks, shit, you're down a hundred pounds, you know, but like yeah. you go, I'm going to do it in six months. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's not a smart goal. That's not a realistic goal. And you're going to be, you feel, you're just going to feel so defeated and like, you're not like you're hopeless and you might, and you're more likely to burn out and quit if you don't set a smart goal. Yeah. I like that. Now t- adding to this, I know when we talk about smart goals, not too many people actually bring this up unless it's uh, a side conversation. But something that I learned, uh, I was recently setting up goals for myself uh, with my aunt, actually. We we went through this exercise. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to the podcast, The Mindset Mentor. Um, please forgive me. I forget your name, man. But um, I was listening to your podcast and you gave off a really great application and what, what what we had to do was make very clear, concise goals. So um, have an actual date. Um, and then what were we willing to do to reach that goal? But then most importantly, what were we willing to give up in order to be able to reach that goal? And I think that is one major aspect that many people don't talk about when we think about goal setting is, okay, well, we know what we need to do in order to reach those goals, but what is it that we need to actually eliminate out of our lives? And, um, you know, only because you used uh, weight loss, right? So he, you, he was using weight loss as a, an example. And he said, well, if I want to, I don't, it's funny because I don't think it was exactly 120, but he said something in a hundred, a hundred range pounds, but he said, let's just say a hundred pounds, right? He said, I want to lose a hundred pounds. Well, in order for me to lose a hundred pounds, here's some things I need to give up. I'm going to have to quit uh, doing cheeseburgers. I'm going to have to quit, quit sodas. Um, And I think the other one was like candy and just, uh, just unnecessary snacks. So switching up and he said, switching up his snacks to no, no longer the candy chips and all that stuff, but finding healthy snacks, you, you know, your carrots and celery and stuff like that. And he said he, he would, when he wrote these goals down and, and he, he wrote it off in a mission statement, basically. It was, so it was a, it was a, like a paragraph that he would read every morning, which would highlight his exact goal, what he needs to do to make it happen and what he needs to eliminate to make it happen. And mm-hmm. by saying that to himself each and every day, he would find mm-hmm. himself at restaurants and things of that nature. And they'd be like, well, Hey, you want this special item that's on the menu? It might be a cheeseburger. Well, he just already, he knows mentally, Hey, I'm trying to lose a hundred pounds. I can't eat a cheeseburger. No, that that's not part of the goal. And you know what? I need to stay away from sodas too. So, you know what? Let me go ahead and just get this and get that. And I I want to know from your perspective, what opportunities have you, or not opportunities, but what uh, things um, have you eliminated from your life temporarily or permanently 
to help you be able to reach certain goals? So, um, first of all, I, uh, intermittently delete TikTok to have better focus um, and not be sidelined by the wider conversation on the internet because it's just exhausting and stupid. Um, But I, uh, so I've given that up from time to time until I feel like uh, I can focus again. Um, But other than that, um, as far as like diet, so the the thing now, it's scientifically proven that for diet, it's not about necessarily eliminating the things you love, but having them in moderation. So, um, for instance, I, uh, was probably eating about 3,300 calories a day, um, which is insane. And now I'm cut, cut down, uh, to about 23, 2,400 calories a day. So that was a significant change. And I've made that, and I've, um, given up a lot of, you know, high calorie dense foods, you know, your ice, your like big ice cream cups or like your, uh, like mindlessly snacking on sweets, um, definitely like if you get fast food like make sure you have calories for it which surprisingly my chipotle orders like 800 calories so like hell yeah like that's like a win but like i uh (laughs) i um just you gotta you gotta have things in moderation you gotta give up like your cravings a good amount of the time like what can you replace it with like and then after a while it'll benefit you you like i broke my sugar addiction my favorite snack now is like 50 percent less sugar craisins which is super dorky but like i yeah. uh um you know you got to find replacements you got to give up you know the addictive sugar the addictive i always told my fiance like the things the human body is addicted to sugar salt fat you cut out the salt and fat of a cheeseburger and the, sh- and the sugar soda of a drink and replace it with something that's actually decent for you you're like huge wins dude like you're yeah. you're reaching your goal because you are sacrificing like you said i like that i like that um so we have about a little under five minutes about four minutes now to be exact left um i want to kind of home back into a few of the questions that i, I actually sent over to you um mm-hmm. thinking about just your experiences um both on even your weight loss journey but just your experiences in career, how you progress uh, throughout in your career, the the transition from Florida to New York, now to St. Louis. Uh, looking back at all those experiences, all the growth that you went through, um, how has that provided you the launch pad or the knowledge or the, the appropriate mindset in order to further um, journey throughout what the future holds for you? So, um, I've had to be pretty scrappy. I, I've had to be pretty resilient. Uh, I hate that word, but yeah. Um, I definitely career wise, it's taken a lot of being on my toes and in tune with myself, um, on, uh, what's best for me and, um, what I need to get through it. Uh, Florida was fine. I went to college. It was comfortable. It's familiar. Um, that move to New York was insane. Um, I, you know, I never lived in the Northeast. I didn't know what to expect. We lived in the big city, you know, like, um, that was insane. Definitely a huge change and, um, had to open myself up to change. I'm very resistant to change. I have an anxiety disorder that just makes everything just feel explosively huge. Um, small changes even. So this big change, I mean, it was just sent me in a tizzy for sure. So I, um, 
but you know, I had to adapt to that way of life and, um, I went into it now, you know, uh, with an open mind and everything and, um, really ended up enjoying it as much as it was a struggle. Um, yeah. and then moving to St. I took with that, you know, the struggle of New York, the hustle culture of New York. And, you know, I moved it here to, uh, St. Louis and like, I, um, I know, I am now armed with the knowledge of how to get straight to the point, how to be assertive, how to get the information I need and have that mindset of like, you know, I don't need to be the cowering f woman. I don't need to be like worried. I don't need to have the mindset of being like scared of everybody liking me or scared of like not doing well enough or like scared of being perceived as the office bitch. If it takes being a bitch <laughs> to get the work done, I'm going to do it. You know, like um, not to say like you need to be abrasive, but like, I don't care if coming off as assertive and needing to know my deadlines and needing to know the details of something in a meeting comes off as snarky or too sharp or whatever. Get yeah. your shit done. You know, like that's what I've <laughs> learned. Ain't nobody got time for like tiptoeing around everybody and sugarcoating everything, especially yeah. in a fucking startup. You know, so I uh, <laughs> definitely that I've gone from being like caring, like, oh, like people please are like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm in the big city. I just graduated college. You're like, fuck it. Get it done. What's going to get done is going to get done. We're Fucking done here you know yeah, like yeah tim works with me he knows like you know, yeah so. yeah no nah, i like that i like that and then what i want to go for is do you have any daily affirmations that you speak into your life any daily affirmations um basically i need to take more time for me self-care is super important i know everybody says that but like it is and um I think definitely uh, I have two affirmation. I have one affirmation that my therapist recommended. I know we're four on time. And it was, um, it was, uh, remember why you started. She uh, got fired from a job and um, was just totally strung out about it, but knew she got into the job to help people. And I got into marketing so I could help businesses and people reach the people they needed to, to reach their goals and yeah. be happy yeah. and have satisfying lives and everything. And, you know, remember why you started, remember why you like your job. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. And then lastly, what one mindset advice would you give our listeners today? If you're tired of this shit, look into how to change it. Okay. Nobody deserves to feel like crap all the time. And you may not be able to control your situation, but you can sure as hell control how you think about it. And that will change your whole reality. Yeah, that is so true. I, I think I saw a post, it might have been on Facebook, where they were saying, hey, change your situation. But if you can't change your situation, you sure enough can change the way you think about that situation. And I For think sure. that is so key. Again, you know, I said it earlier in the uh, interview is that we all have choices. Those choices don't mean they're just actionable choices, but they are thought-provoking choices. They are mindset choices. Again, not every every situation in our life does not require us to act physically out on certain things. We have to just act mentally or emotionally or whatever the case may be. And the the quicker we can start to see life in that manner where, you know, let's let's take the time to think and let's take the time to assess, hey, how would the old me respond to this situation versus the me now and all the experiences that have accumulated to now, how have they prepared me to be able to respond to this same situation that I know maybe I would have responded negatively towards last year or however many years ago. Hell, it could be a month ago. You never know. 
But the point is, I want everybody to take that time to reassess. I want them to take that time to be able to look at the lessons that life has brought and for you to really grow from them. And in order for you to grow from those lessons, you have to be willing to change your mindset. You are. I could have been a deadbeat father on, on all of that. Seriously. My examples, my dad was in jail, in and out of jail. Ex-stepfather at the time just was not doing right. I could have picked up those same habits, but I said, you know what? Nope. I'm going to look at what they do, but I kept telling myself what I would not be based upon what I saw. And now I'm, I, 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 you know, not to toot my own horn, but I, I definitely believe I'm a good ass father. Oh, you definitely are. <laughs> I see you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So you all look, uh, there's been a lot that's been said. What I want you to do is go ahead and favorite this podcast. You all come back, let your friends know about it. Let your family know about it. Share it with any and everybody that you can think about you all. There are some nuggets. There's, there are some gems in this podcast. Elise, let these beautiful people know exactly where they can find you all. You all for who you all don't know this, but she is a blogger. And she has a lot of different things that she's talking about. So I'm going to let her share that with you all. So at least go ahead and fill the uh, people's in, please. All right. Do a little plug here. Uh, you can find me, Elise Volker, E-L-E-S-E, V as a Victor, O-L-K-E-R, on medium.com, where I write about mindset and uh, different uh, kind of issues you can work through. And then uh, you could also find me on Instagram at Elise, E-L-E-S-E dot JPEG, J-P-G. Dope, dope, dope. Well, look, Elise, we thank you for taking the time to just be on the show, uh, sharing your knowledge and your experience in life. Look forward to having you again in the late future. But until then, you all, I'm glad you all rocked with us on this episode. Um, and remember, if you're tired of this shit, go ahead and make a change. Don't stay in it. Anyway, Tim and Elise, we are out. Catch ya. Did you enjoy the show? I know I did. Okay, okay. So yeah, I might be biased, but look, I am grateful that you decided to take the time to even listen to the show, you all. I hope you got something out of it. If not now, then when you need it most. If you've already subscribed, thank you again for being here and listening. If you haven't, please subscribe now to get notifications when new episodes go live. And you all, every Monday, I do what's called Mindset Mondays, which is a short snippet or a short blog that just really talks about mindset growth. You don't want to miss it. And if you're enjoying what I'm doing here and you want to support me in any way possible, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. I promise you, it will help spread the word. And remember, I'm always available on Facebook at twilliams.mindset. If there's anything else I can share with you about mindset or anything else, I'd love to connect with you more than just through the podcast. Till next time, go ahead and subscribe and God bless.